0: Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. Player profiles and projections. Week four. We're hitting week four, uh, second to last week of it. Today, we got Darius Slate and Julian Love. Happy Monday. Justin, how you doing? How was your weekend?
1: It's beginning to look a lot like football. Emphasize the T because I'm pretentious. Bobby Skinner, I'm good. I'm good. Um, had a good weekend. It's uh, fantasy football galore. We have a fantasy. We ha- we had in the past a fantasy football draft for our Patreon last night, and then tonight I have a draft, another fantasy football draft with a bunch of different podcasters. Um, so it's fantasy football galore these next couple days. And I went and I swam in a pool on Saturday. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I actually went and swam in the ocean. Very very choppy and very rough because we have two hurricanes. Uh. I kind of feel bad for Louisiana. They're going to get hit by two hurricanes in four days this week.
1: Oh, speaking of uh, you going in the ocean, um, I called you, and I actually talked to your brother for a couple minutes, and it was nice to speak to him. He has a very smooth voice.
0: Right. Um, so you just don't care about the people in Louisiana who are going to get just wrecked this no, it's, weekend.
1: It's 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 tough. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. It's tough. I care. My heart goes out to the people in Louisiana. Darius Slayton. it's exciting though it's definitely exciting <laughs> it's exciting
0: all right today's player profiles and projections Darius Slayton Justin he's six foot one 190 pounds 23 years old was drafted in the 2019 draft in the fifth round with 171st pick Darius Slayton was a big member for the New York Giants big member for Daniel Jones but what do you got on the cat?
1: I'm terrible did not bring up a fun fact for Darius Slayton. So this is the first episode that I officially don't have something fun to say. He was really good in 2019. That's my fun thing.
0: It's kind of lame. Um, <laughs> He played with Jared Stidham at Auburn, who sucks. Good. I got to so take that, a lap. So that that was good. Yes, you will have to take a lap after this. Justin, in 14 games played, he had 48 catches, 740 yards, 8 touchdowns, a 57% catch rate, 50, 15.4 yards per catch, and 53 yards game he was a playmaker for daniel jones i mean he was a leading touchdown getter on the team he was daniel jones deep ball guy he came up big for the giants from the first game he played you know throughout all camp last season he was injured then he came in he played one preseason game against the, the Bengals, the had a nice big catch on the sideline for daniel jones then he got hurt again missed the first two weeks and then his first game was tampa where he had like three catches for, I don't know, like it was like 70 to 80 yards. He, and He had that one long play down the middle. He was a big time playmaker for Daniel Jones for a guy going into the season last year. My take on Darius Slayton was, Hey, I don't know if he's ready, but give him seven to 10 snaps a game and just let him go deep and put, and take the top off of a defense with his four, three, nine speed and 40 inch vertical. Just give him 10 plays to go make plays, see what happens. And if he excels in it, give him that role and he excelled in it and he became a major factor for the Giants offense.
1: Yeah, and even going back to that injury that he had during training camp last year, usually hamstring injuries, when you develop a hamstring injury early in summers, I mean talk to you know Odo Beckham Jr. his rookie year and you know, a lot of a lot of these guys and skill position guys that suffer hamstring injuries in some, in the summer. It seems to follow them throughout the entire year. Now, it didn't really follow Darius Slayton throughout the entire year, but you have to figure that that might have been a lingering factor, which we might we might not fully know. It, Zach Rosenblatt got the tidbit that he has fully recovered from that hamstring strain, which is good. Um, but yeah, Bobby, you mentioned 15.4 yards per reception. Let's read off some numbers. I'm a big numbers guy. Let's read off some more in-depth numbers. Darius Slayton, 14.4 yards per reception, which is insane. That's absolutely insane. I mean, talk about big play Slay. That's the most yards per reception for any giant wide receiver who qualifies, who qualifies with enough, with enough catches since Hakeem Nix in 2013 with 16. Um, also, most 25-plus yard touchdown receptions in 2019, Big play slay. He was tied at the top of the National Football League with Kenny, Do- with Kenny Galladay and Hardman from Kansas City with five. Um, some other things that I want to talk about I want to touch on that's a little bit more of the advanced stuff is his average depth of target was about 14 yards. Um, he had a decent amount of yards per catch. His expected yards per catch was 3.9 yards after the catch. But his actual yards after the catch was about four, so he did a little bit better than what he was expected to do. But even Bobby, let's just go off of the eye test. I'm thinking of games in Chicago. You, know, you think of games in Philadelphia where he had a lot of the yards after the catch and even times where guys were trying to come in and arm tackle him. He's really tough to bring down. He's not just going to be a guy, you know, think of even Plaxico bursts. He would just be a guy sometimes he would catch the ball and he'd fall right down. Darius Slayton's not going to do that.
0: No doubt. I mean, you think about the Jets, that fourth down slant he took to the house you know uh eli against the eagles where he catches the uh the curl route and then turns it up and makes yeah. that turns out into a touchdown i mean he wasn't just a catch the ball and be done like you know no. he did have those deep ball you know catch touchdowns like he did against the 2 versus detroit um the other one versus philly uh the the one against the vikings which was the first one his career so he definitely had those and those were a big part of his game but like you said like he did it all and you know the jets game i think he had 11 catches in that game
1: yeah Forty eight catches. He had thirty-two first downs. I mean, that's just gonna go with the nature of your averaging, you know, fifteen yards per reception, you're gonna be getting a lot of first downs. But I thought that was just very impressive.
0: Highest first down percentage on the team uh for catches at sixty-seven percent. Shep was fifty-one, Tate was sixty-one, and then on targets, still the highest at thirty eight percent, while Shep and Tate were both at thirty-five
1: percent. Look at us. Look at us throwing in the stats. Um some Analytics. more some more numbers that I have is his cushion, and this is from NFL Next Gen Stats. His, and that this isn't more. This isn't really player performance. When you look at NFL Next Gen Stats, it's not really player performance. It's just based off of player tracking data and what that player tracking data says about you know how far you know. It even goes into yards after the catch, et cetera, et cetera. So the two things I'm going to be talking about is average cushion and average separation. Darius Slayton was. Let me count: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eighth least in the National Football League in terms of average cushion at the line of scrimmage, and then he was also top 10 least getting least amount of separation. Now, Bobby, I'm not as frustrated with Darius Slayton in terms of his lack of ability to get separation as I am with Golden Tate, because Golden Tate wasn't targeted as deep down the field as Darius Slayton was consistently. I mean, how many times did we see deep comeback routes, deep curls, deep button hooks, I mean even though slant even though those slant routes the you know slant routes that would be targeted somewhat deep down the field you know while Slayton I think does need to refine his route running in a lot of different ways because of his ability to stretch the field and how often he was being targeted deep down the field I don't mind the lack of separation like I get a little upset and a little frustrated with um with Golden Tate um so I have some more thoughts about the the most common routes that I saw Darius Slayton run and be successful with. Do you want me to go to that, or do you have something to feed off? Go of that? for it. All right. So the most common routes that I saw Darius Slayton be very productive with, and where I would like to see him more thrive this year, because obviously it was the streaks down the field, right? It was the posts. We're thinking of that, you know, that big long post route that we saw Week Three uh, against Tampa Bay, which was arguably Daniel Jones's best throw. I think Slayton was tackled on the third on the on the three yard line, caught it over two guys. But what I would like to see is I wanna see more comeback routes. You saw a decent amount of comeback routes that's gonna be able to really keep that yards per reception. It's gonna keep that up because you can run comeback routes very deep. You know, it doesn't have to be just five, 10 yards. You can run them a little bit deeper and then what you're able to do hopefully create that separation if Slayton is able to work on his route running. Maybe he's able to fake like he's about to you know, keep on running deep down the field, but then he cuts it back to the sideline and he starts to come back. But why I like him running those comeback routes, Bobby, is because Darius Slayton showed a very good maturity to come back to the football. He's not just going to sit there and wait for the football to come to him. He's going to run back to the football and make sure that a cornerback's not going to come in and and snag it out in midair. Um, So that's something that I really liked. Comeback route. That's my that's my big note. Post routes. We saw car routes, streaks, um, and also the OBJ slant. I would like him to run a little bit more of those, and that comes with route running, where he needs to be a little bit better of a route runner. But that OBJ slant, where he could take it to the house, just like he did against the in that Jets game. I want him to run that more, and I want him to get a little bit more refined in that.
0: Yeah, and like you said, he did that in the Jets game. Um, a lot of time that that like those those routes were put on on Tate or Shep's shoulders, where like you said, um, if teams are going to be protecting him deep where that kind of stuff can be there and like you said he can get yak let's talk about him for 2020 though in this air core yell offense that you know it's predicated on having guys deep you know which opens things underneath slayton you need like you need that outside guy to go deep slayton is that guy doesn't mean he's number one wide receiver but he is that guy like he is going to be in that des bryant type role doesn't mean he's des bryant but he'll be in that type of role so, I think that's going to fit him well. And, like you said, with the comebacks, so all those different uh, types of routes, I, I think that'll fit him well. And when you, if we can, if I know it's a huge if, but if we can stay healthy, like that opens things up for him under, uh, over the top because we have, you know, Shep, Tate, uh, Ingram, Caden Smith, Saquon, where you're going to have to cover this, like the short area of the field against the New York Giants, where Jones likes to give those one-on-one shots to Slayton. I feel like there's going to be a plenty of those against the Giants this year, this season.
1: Yeah, and really it's a matter of if Slayton can, has worked and if he can continue to refine his game when he's going up for deep balls. One more stat that I want to read off from 2019 is that His contested catch numbers were not that great. He was eight he had eight catches off of twenty-eight attempts for those contested catches. So like I said, you know, I'm not I'm not really freaking out over that, but if he's continuing to refine his ability to go up. Catch the ball out, you know, catch the ball, you know, when it when it's contested, when there's a corner that's pretty close to him, because he's not going to be a guy that's going to create a lot of separation. Clearly, NFL teams are playing Darius Slayton close to the line of scrimmage, way more than they are um towards the average wide receiver. So if he can just refine some of those things, Bobby, I really do think if he's been working hard and he's been doing the things that he's been saying that he's been doing, he's, you know, continuing to get that good connection with Daniel Jones. We can see a catch percentage above 60%. He was almost at 60% in 2019 with 57. We can see a catch percentage above 60%, which would be really solid for a guy that that can expand the field. And we could see he played 14 games, 66% of the offensive snaps. I think we can see over sixty, you know, sixty to sixty-five catches, and I don't think that's a stretch. I think that's me being really realistic. I I do too. Do you, Do you have him
0: as the number one uh, catch getter on the N- team?
1: Well, uh, if he could be, I mean, here, you know, if if Sterling Shepard, if I think everyone's healthy, no, if not everyone's, play the, if
0: if like you know, if someone's hurt, game. No, Say I everyone think everyone plays sixteen games.
1: I think Sterling Shepard's getting anywhere between eighty-five and one hundred catches if he's playing sixteen games. So I don't have I him agree. as the lead is the lead catch getter. But that's not again; it's not a bad thing. If Darius Slayton was the lead catch getter on this team, he's averaging what is he's probably finishing with like fifteen hundred receiving yards because he's because he's getting fifteen yards per reception, which would be bananas. I mean, I hey, don't you won't hear me complaining if he finishes with that. I just don't think that's realistic. Uh, I think he, everybody has a role on this offense because there's no clear cut number one. So you know. Hate's gonna be like this Swiss Army knife, and he's gonna just do whatever he needs to do and get his yak. Shep's gonna be your possession guy, then Slayton's gonna be your expand the field guy, and I like that. I really, really like that.
0: Over under nine hundred fifty yards for Darius Slayton Ooh. last year in fourteen games, he had seven hundred forty.
1: Seven hundred forty. So what? Let's let me let me. I wish I can do some. That would quick be eight
0: hundred fifty yards
1: um, I, on the season. I wish I could do some math. What if he finishes with 65 catches, but 15 yards per reception? How many yards would that be? It's, it's basically nine. It's like 980. Okay. All right. Then I, you know what? Because I'm a pessimist, I'm going to say slightly under. I wish I can push.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be around that rate. Now, he had eight touchdowns in uh, 2019. Over, under, nine touchdowns. I'm going to say Over. Me too. I think he's going to get double digits. I really do. I think Jones is going to look for him. Um, you know where Ingram, Shep, and Tate are going to have a big role in getting us down the field. I think Slayton is going to is going to be huge in the red zone, and I think he's going to get double digit touchdowns. Like yeah. I, I'm not saying he's going to be the number one receiver on the team, but I do think he'll have the most touchdowns, and it will be double digits.
1: Yeah, yeah. Really, really rooting for him. I was, I was actually a lot more surprised of. The combination of both what I saw, and the combination of you know saw when I watched the film, and then just what I also saw when I was relooking up some of the stats, um, you know I I you kind of think oh Giants fans are just getting excited uh, for what a, f- a fifth to sixth round guy I think he was a fifth round guy fifth round guy for little reason just because it's it's Homer bias but no I'm very legitimately very excited about Darius Slayton to see what he can do especially in this offense especially because. All these skill position guys are coming into their second year together, um, and they all have their own refined individual roles. That gets me very excited.
0: Yeah, and and, and good reason to, you know, where even if one of these guys go, does go down, you can count on, on Slayton to be a big target. All right, let's take a break and move on to Julian Love. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin, let's talk about Julian Love. Love, 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 love. Julian Love, 5'11", 195 pounds, 22 years old. Let's pick out of Notre Dame last season in the fourth round with the 108th overall pick. He was a cornerback. And Justin, he played safety last year. And inside sources, he's only playing safety in practice so far this season. So I had big expectations for him to be a cornerback in 2020. That's not happening. He is a safety for the New York Giants. But
1: what do you got on the cat? I think that's one of the shockers that's coming out of Giants camp so far to start, that he has only lined up at safety, and Darnay Holmes has kind of taken that slot corner job. But Julian Love from Illinois, which I looked at that first, and I was like, who who's from Illinois? But I guess, you know, Notre Dame is in Illinois. Um, he had a major. He was a business major. I'm going to have three very somewhat boring facts. Major in management consulting. He drives an Aston Martin, a white Aston Martin, which is a bold move in the East Coast to have a white car. And he is engaged to a beautiful woman named Julia. Julia Love.
0: Um, That's it. What a a name. uh, And he's changing to number 20 this season. So how about that? Let's, Let's talk about him. I really expect him to be a corner, especially with the news with DeAndre Baker, the addition of Xavier McKinney. It just made sense because he was the second best corner in the nation uh, coming out of the draft, only to DeAndre Baker. Uh, obviously, there's prospects ahead of him, but I believed in it. You know, he was like the leading pass deflector at, uh, in, the, in in uh, in college uh, at Notre Dame. He and he played guys tough. I thought he could play outside, but I thought he'd have a better role in slot and could be a really good uh, slot corner because he has that versatility to back out, play safety, move him around, play him up in the run. I really thought he was going to find his role at nickel and the Giants are only playing to play him a safety. And it's kind of like, it's a head scratcher. And I guess it just comes down to, they don't think he's a corner. I, I guess, I guess where, you know, we spent all off thinking he's going to play corner the New York Giants, you know, two regimes, Pat Shermer's regime. And now Joe judge just flat out thinks this guy is not a corner.
1: Yeah, I've I've always said that regardless of what you think about the Shermer coaching staff, they're not flat out idiots. They were <laughs> they're, they're idiots hired with the Julian
0: Love do. stuff though.
1: They were, but also if you're coming into a situation with especially if you're coming into a, if if a player's coming into the league and you're thinking that he's one thing, Bobby, I don't really think it was it was more of a radical concept that Julian Love was going to be a safety last year rather than him being a slot corner. I think he was drafted and the natural presumption that he was going to be a slot corner. And what did he do in training camp? He struggled. He struggled in the preseason. He struggled in training camp. I saw it with my own eyes. And we had Peppers and we had Bethea at you know at free safety and, and a veteran presence at Bethia, no matter how bad that he was. Um, so it wasn't really when Love was drafted, oh, this guy is going to be transfer, you know, uh transitioned to safety. Um, frankly, you were the one that had last summer. I, I don't like how he's being cross-trained between two positions. So frankly this summer does that not make you feel good that he's not being cross-trained again to play two different positions or does that not matter since it's it's his second year?
0: Um I wanted him to not be cross-trained but also play corner. That it, right. it, I agree like last year I was like hey like he they, they had this That's they the had this guy battling between playing between corner and safety and it's like he's a he's a rookie and he's not getting any like rat, like he's not even getting comfortable at a position and they should have played him at safety. They should have benched Bethea for him a lot earlier or at least given him some reps. And then you put him in the Chicago game, he gets an interception. You could say, "Well, it was a duck." But it's like, "You know what? Does does Bethea get get over for that?" I don't know, you know. And then he, you know, when Peppers goes down, he filled that role really well. I mean, Justin and in, in, in uh in five starts, he had 37 tackles, 30 of which were solo, five tackles for a loss and an interception. At a 16 game rate that's 109 uh, tackles and 16 tackles for a loss. He had a tackle for loss every single game that he started. Yeah,
1: to put this in perspective, Jabril Peppers had 9 tackles for loss and the limit, you know, Julian Love's comes Love comes onto the scene and he has 5 tackles for loss. So I, you know, to put that in perspective, um that's 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 really good. Yeah,
0: he he played that role really well. So I, I but I thought he was going to play corner. You know, they did play him one game at corner against the Eagles uh, week 17. They played him at nickel and he did pretty well good in that game. Um, and they did some interesting stuff where they would send him deep and then send a safety shallow. I mean, there's definitely interesting things you can do, but now it looks like we are going to be, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of three safety stuff, but you can't run three safety every single down, you know what I'm saying? So now on a team that is weak at secondary is going to have a good secondary player on the bench for, I don't know, you know, 50 to 60% of the snaps
1: probably. I was wrong, by the way. Jabril Peppers had five tackles for loss, so they had the same amount of tackles for loss in 2019. I like it. I was wrong, Bobby. I mean, here here's really my my thing right now, and my main question about this Giants defense. And we'll see it next weekend, by the way, because we're going to see the Giants scrimmage with each other on NBC, which is that's awesome how they're doing that, and they're going to be able to have the fans see what they're actually doing and how they're practicing and how they're you know how they're hitting each other and what and what Graham is running, what Garrett's running, etc. I'm just very curious as to how they're going to work these all these three safeties, because somebody is going to have to cover half a f- half of a football field, right? You know whether that be a single high safety, whether Patrick Graham decides to do some two-high stuff. Somebody's going to have to cover half of a football field or be single high and cover the and be expected to cover the entire part. I don't know if that's in Love's strong suits. I don't know if that's in Pepper's strong suits. And right now, that's not in McKinney's strong suits. So, I mean, I guess right now we'll break it down with Julian Love. You know, does he – I think we can be confident that he can maybe cover half of the field, but that full transition to possibly being a free safety and not just an in-the-box strong safety – that is the thing that makes me most worried about Julian Love in 2020.
0: Well, I was excited to see him play free safety and he was getting, they finally gave him some reps at Chicago game and then peppers goes down. They, you know, switch him over to that strong box safety and we never got to see him in that role. But I like what he showed in the past game when they did have him deep. I thought he played well. I thought he played aggressive, something that Bethea didn't do where Bethea was just caught sitting and waiting and wouldn't only get to the sideline one time. So I did like that. Um, so I'm I'm cool with him at that free safety role, and it looks like that's where he's starting right now, and he is starting over at McKinney um, at this time. You know, obviously things can, a lot a lot can change going in, into the season, but I just what frustrates it's not that I don't think he's going to be a good safety. I think he can be an awesome safety, but it's, now it's like okay, we have three players at a at the safety spot, you know, and like you and I I get there's more safeties on the field now, but that that doesn't mean you're running. You're, it, They're all starting. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody's on the bench for at minimum 40% of the snaps.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is that we have three safeties that have, in a way, very similar skill sets. You can argue that Love is the most versatile out of all of them. Peppers is probably the best athlete out of all of them. Um, And you're hoping McKinney has that high ceiling, but they all kind of can do the same thing and who is going to be that guy that their stre- that their main strength is in coverage and bobby the thing that the giants defense needs to most improve on most improve on is and this is according to Sharp Football Stats, the Giants ranked 29th in explosive pass plays. The way that Sharp Football Stats defines explosive pass plays is allowing pass plays of 10-plus yards down the field. They allowed 67 explosive passes, which is 10-plus yards down the field, which totaled 592 yards. They had an average explosive play rate of 11%, again, which was 29th in the National Football League. That's not good. That is the single area where we need to improve most, where I feel... A lot of the times we would do a solid job of maybe getting teams into third and long. I even think back to that Packers game. A lot of third and longs that game, but Aaron Rodgers in that offense, third and longs when they throw the ball 10-plus yards down the field, you know, even thirty plus yards down the field, uh Giants were bad in two. Uh they just we just got shredded last year. And it was largely because of lackluster safety and linebacker play. But for this case, lackluster safety play from Antoine Bethea.
0: Yeah. And so that'll be nice though this year, where it's like you don't have a Bethea who you're just like, Why is this guy on the field? You're frustrated with it. Where no matter how they use these guys, you're gonna you're gonna be happy that they're on the field, you know? Like you're never gonna be just like, Why is Julian Love on the field? Why is Xavier McKinney on the field? Actually, if Xavier McKinney isn't playing much and Julian Love makes a mistake, people will say why is Julian Love on the field? Yeah, um, but we'll see. Uh, one of the things that having him though as a safety is nice is you can run three safeties on third down and you can play man coverage. you, like, you can trust all these guys in man coverage. Pepper doesn't like amazing in man on tight ends, but he's done a he's done a decent he did a decent job. Um, in twenty nineteen McKinney, we've seen him you know guard. Justin Jefferson from LSU in the slot, uh, Love. We've seen him play man corner, so you got guys you can trust in that. You got Love, who plays extremely aggressive, and that's what I that's what I look for on defense. It's guys who play aggressive. I would rather you make a mistake and make it at one hundred ten miles an hour, than maybe like not screw up, but also let someone go underneath you and you're sitting there in a, in a zone and you're not attacking anybody. So, and I think that is the nice thing that we've seen out of peppers and Julian love. We didn't see out of that. And hopefully McKinney like steps into that as well.
1: Yeah. Every, every media outlet. And usually we talk about the national media on the show and it's a, uh, and it's in regards to something bad where we're, 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 where... We're crapping on the national media for saying bad stuff about the Giants, but really every media outlet is saying that Julian Love is in their top whatever uh, breakout players for 2020, which is awesome. That's what you want. So clearly everyone else has seen something from Julian Love, and you know we've seen it at Giants fans from the brief stint that he had last year. Uh, Bobby, I'm not surprised if Julian Love is a strong safety 10 yards back uh, from the line of scrimmage on a first, second, or third down um and he's on the strong side of the field i'm not surprised if he's a free safety uh and he's uh, covering single high i'm not surprised if on a third down he's lining up next next to blake martinez and he's like a money he's feeling like a money back role he's in in the box safety i'm not surprised if he does any of those things but also i'm pretty confident that he can do a solid job in any one of those roles but i'm most concerned about you know who's going to be covering that deep half of the field that is my biggest concern but also It's not a glaring concern where I'm like, I don't think any of these guys can do a, that, they'll, that they're going to do a bad it's job. It's not
0: that much of a concern for me, honestly. Um, Bethia was horrible at it. I think love, like I, now I'm not saying we have like the best, like rangy center fielder in the NFL. I don't think that, even though I don't think we're going to play that type of defense like we did last season, but I have, I have faith in peppers to get sideline to sideline. I have love faith and love to get sideline to sideline, And I have um hype for McKinney to be able to fill that role at times. So, I don't think there's an I don't think in, any of those three guys are like, ooh, like if they're you know, if their assignment is center field, they're you're just screwed. You know, I don't I don't think right. any of those guys um like worry me for that. And the biggest thing is that they just play aggressive. Um and they have yep. good speed. Not blazing like amazing speed, but good speed. All right, anything else on them?
1: No. All right. Hope I'm loving. I don't I don't want to yeah, finish that. Yeah, no, don't it was finish
0: terrible. it. Uh, I'll, I'll, how about yeah. I just finish the episode? All right. We'll see mm-hmm. you guys uh tomorrow with a regular episode. A little scrimmage recap. Have a little fun with that. We appreciate you guys. Let's we're getting into another week, another week of Giants training camp. I love it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, let's go, big blue.